Hello guys, welcome back to First Time Fantasy. Uh, this week, a little bit different. We're going to just do audio only, so we'll still have this up on YouTube. So you'll be able to listen there. You don't got to look at our ugly mugs. And this will also be up at least on Spotify, uh, working on Apple Podcasts and Google as well. But this will definitely be up on Spotify as well. Um, if you came to the YouTube channel, you can look in the link in, link in the description to uh, Spotify to uh, listen to some of our other episodes as well. Uh, but without further ado, uh, this is going to be some of our quick hits this week and waiver ads. And of course, I'm Rick. I'm joined here with my co-host, Arch. What's up? Hey, how's it going? All right. So I'll, um, I'll start off here. First, one of my quick hits this week is uh, we got to see Josh Allen and Justin Herbert kind of bounce back and finally put up some fancy numbers that I think everyone expected going into the season, especially with Allen. Uh, I believe he finished both his first two weeks, uh, both under sub 20 points, which for a guy like him uh, coming off such a such a great year last year uh, was a little bit surprising. Uh, they did it, play, have to play against some pretty good defenses the first two weeks, so it wasn't a complete shock. And I think anyone like myself, and uh, I believe you also have Allen in, in one of your leagues, I don't <laughs> think anyone was hitting the panic button by any means. Uh, so we finally got to see a pretty big week from him. Um, and on top of that, you had Herbert kind of doing the same. Uh, I think it was, even though he's a younger guy, people still have pretty high expectations. Uh, and on top of that, they have a pretty good receiving core as well, uh, which Mike Williams and uh, Keenan Allen had been pretty much killing fantasy so far this year. And obviously Herbert's been the one throwing to him. Uh, Herbert just had a few issues through the first few weeks where he was throwing a few picks here and there and wasn't exactly uh, thrown for a ton of touchdowns, but Funny enough, both guys this week have thrown for four touchdowns and uh, ended up scoring uh, 30-plus fantasy points each. So if you're uh, like one of us and you had Josh Allen, I was fortunate enough in a 12-man league to score nearly 170 points this week. And I think uh, Arj, you were able to do the same in one of our other leagues. So yep, definitely a big boost and nice to see both those guys kind of come around and perform to some of the fantasy expectations that we had going into the season. Yeah, and uh, piggybacking off the quarterback thing and going with somebody who we did not have high expectations for is Kirk Cousins. I, I've i been against Kirk Cousins for a long time. That that deal he signed in Minnesota at first was just horrible. I mean, I never thought he was that good of a quarterback. I still really don't think he's that good, but he's surrounded by one of the best casts in football. Uh, his receiving core is arguably one of the best. He has an incredible running back and then a very, very good backup, as we saw this past week. Both good pass-catching backs. It's a perfect storm for somebody like Cousins, who does have some pretty good accuracy. He's, just, he's not going to wow you with really anything, but with all of those pieces around him, he's finally putting it together this year. It, it really looks like a different Kirk Cousins than we're used to seeing. And it's it's showing by people adding him more off of the waiver wire and it, it's also just shown with his score i think he's had over 20 points each week so far uh it's just it's been a surprise i like minnesota so it, that makes me happy i'm not a fan of kirk cousins so that makes me not happy but i'd rather him do well it's it's better for the sport and better for fantasy football yeah i i would kind of agree with that where i don't know why but something about him i don't like either and i don't know I mean, what biggest. The biggest sponsor is like sleep number with him. That should tell you enough right oh, there. That... <laughs> well, then again, I think Dak also, that's a pretty big sponsor. I recall many, many sleep 
number commercials with Dak in them during the uh, Sunday night game. So yeah, but he also has Campbell's. So yeah, he's... I mean, I like Dak though, but yeah, I don't know what it is about Cousins. Something is off, but I mean, yeah, you can't really ignore the the nice little streak he's got going through these first uh, few games. All right, so I'm gonna switch it up a little bit uh, away from quarterback for a second here. Another uh, another highlight this week is we got to see um, Jamar Chase really kind of turning it up another notch you know he looked um you know all the headlines going into the season dropping the ball yada yada i mean that's just a distant memory at this point you know he ends up catching two touchdowns against a pretty good steelers defense uh, although they were a bit beat up but still nonetheless uh two touchdowns including a nice one right before uh right before the half on a deep pass from burrow uh that gives uh, a total of four touchdowns for chase so far this season and i don't know if fantasy managers could have expected anything better than this so far i mean it's not i wouldn't say it's a surprise but you know rookie wide receiver Bengals kind of coming in you know burrow's getting healthy again their offensive line isn't supposed to be all that good but you know the Bengals come out and i mean i personally wasn't too surprised by this even being a steelers fan i'm maybe a little more pessimistic pessimistic when i'm looking at them and just not as confident in that offense uh overall but uh Speaking of that offense, would you like to explain to us what happened, Arch? Oh, God. So <laughs> I don't know how much time we have, but... <laughs> Steelers went into this game without Deontay Johnson, so without their number one receiver. So any fantasy manager could have expected Juju and even Chase Claypool to, to have a, a big outing. And the one thing that people failed to think about is that that all hinges on Ben Roethlisberger. And he has looked... Saying horrible would be, it would be too nice for him. And I, I've seen a lot of people saying, oh, you can't give up on Ben this early. It's like, he does not look like a professional football player at this point. And when somebody is his age and is coming off of a season where the team itself did well, he did adequate end of the season, did not do well. It's like, you, you can't ignore what you're watching right now. And Juju went out early. Chase Claypool put together a decent amount of points. I think he got close to 20 points, but that's because of just nine easy little yeah. I mean, that's, no that's, yardage grabs. You got it's, volume at that point because yeah. the Steelers are losing and they have no choice but to throw. So, yeah. And it's like, I want them to do this. I want them to throw Chase Claypool the ball more because I think that he is the best receiver on the team. And that's how it should be. The offense should run through Najee and Chase. And it, you started seeing that. It was more of out of a necessity than actually the team realizing, hey, here are our two best offensive players. But, I mean, Harris got damn near 20 targets, I think, 19. Yeah, ni- 19 targets. You would have thought this was it's Darren it. Waller week one yeah, or something. It's, it was insane. It's, and and I, don't think, I don't think we need to target Harris 20 times, but I, I wouldn't hate to see between 5 and 10 as a standard for him. And then I think the same for Chase Claypool. It needs to be between 5 and 10. Uh, stop using Chase as the deep threat only. Uh, start using him inside. Start using him on the edge for some short routes. But this offense has looked horrible, and I worry about it from fantasy and from just being a Steelers fan. I have Chase Claypool in one league, and I liked that he got the volume, but I am not nearly comfortable enough to play him because of the state of that offense. Now, switching to one more positive thing be- Real quick before I pass it back to you, I got to pat myself on the back from Jamar Chase because I took him about one full round before his ADP because I didn't yeah. want him to slide to somebody else. I 
I don't watch much college football anymore. When I lived in Wisconsin, I watched a decent amount, and that's when Jamar Chase and Joe Burrow played together at LSU. And I just remember watching that and just thinking that those two had some some sort of next level chemistry. So sort of like the chemistry we saw between Big Ben and Antonio Brown at one point. Hopefully this one ends better than that one. But yeah. um, <laughs> if I mean, if Chase can put up half the numbers of Antonio Brown in his prime, then that's a, a great career. And um, I'm, I'm happy for the guy. And I, I, I'm happy for Cincinnati that they have a glimpse of hope. Yeah, uh, not not to go off on the Steelers too much, um, but you know it, it was nice to see Najee get the get the volume. Uh, but pretty much like you said, nail on the head. I uh, wish it was under different circumstances, though. You know they obviously were forced into uh, obviously throwing the ball, and unfortunately, I think that's going to be a pretty normal game script for them. Uh, these next few weeks aren't going to be very easy, and while while they might get a little bit healthier on the defensive side, which will be a boost. Uh, I think same thing I said last week uh, when we had our fantasy forecast is just not confident enough in the quarterback to trust the rest of the players. Uh, now, if Najee, yeah, if he sees between five and ten targets every game, uh, even though rushing-wise that line isn't really good enough, I think he only had like 40 yards or something like that, um, mm-hmm. that's pretty unfortunate. But, I mean, so far, and this is barring something crazy, not crazy, but... Uh, one of the running backs going off on Monday Night Football here, Najee will finish as the RB1 for this week, which is great. But, you know, you'd rather it not be because he had 14 catches. And, yeah, yeah they had some injuries, so there's some reason for it with no Deontay and Juju going down. But as a Steelers fan, I uh, wish the game script was a little bit different. And, um, yeah, aging quarterback. And beyond that, we'll um, we'll move on here. So, waiver ads this week. Uh, my top ad is going to be Chuba Hubbard. If you weren't aware, CMC will probably miss some games with a hamstring injury. So, uh, Hubbard is definitely a top ad this week, and in particular, most likely the top ad at running back. Um, you can't really get around that. Uh, so far, Carolina's looked pretty good on offense. Darnold is able to do enough, albeit last week, you know, they played Houston, and while they don't have a very good defense, you know, still a good showing from from Darnold and and uh, Hubbard didn't look too bad either. Uh, he was also involved a decent amount in the passing game uh, with five targets uh, and he caught three of those for 27 yards. Not too bad. He also had 11 rushes for 52 yards. So um, obviously they'll probably be working him in a bit more. Uh, you do have Royce Freeman behind him, but he didn't get too much work during that game. I wouldn't really worry in, about in the that. Wor- in the words of Scott yeah. Brinker, who the fuck's Royce Freeman. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> but yeah, they're, I don't think that unless they come out and, you know, say that they're going to basically split carries or something, uh, Hubbard seems to be the, the go-to guy in the next one up. And it sounds like the news with CMC is that they're not going to put him on IR, but it looks like he could at least miss, uh, you know, two weeks, maybe a third week, but not being on IR, he might be good after just the next two, missing the next two games. So uh, definitely look uh, for Hubbard, who's also only owned in 11% of leagues. All right, my first uh, waiver wire ad, I'll stick with the running backs here, Peyton Barber. I'm on record as early as about five days ago saying he sucks. I um, think I agreed with that. But... Don't worry. <laughs> I still agree with that. <laughs> but, but the usage that they're showing can't be ignored, and he did have a good game this week, uh, rushed for over 100 yards. It's, I mean, they, 
they're sticking with him. I mean, Josh Jacobs was still injured. There's a good chance he comes back this week. They seem to not want to use Kenyon Drake at all in the run, in the rush attack. Uh, when Josh Jacobs comes back, there's a solid chance that he just takes all of these touches away from Peyton Barber. But for now, it, I, I like adding him. I'm probably going to give it a try to add him just as some some insurance there. If for some reason this Josh Jacobs injury is worse than it seems, or if it's going to nag him throughout the season, Peyton Barber has the potential to be a top 30 play, top 30 running back play for the rest of the season. So nothing incredible, but in a 12-team league, that's that's a pretty solid grab with with some potential for more. I'm not going to put all of all of my eggs in that basket, but I, I think he has potential to have a pretty solid season if Josh Jacobs has a lingering injury. Yeah, so I'm actually going to stick with the same team here, but switch it up to quarterback. Uh, this is something that even though we didn't post this last week, we I definitely talked about it. Derek Carr should be rostered in every single league. He has proved to be a quarterback one. He's currently owned, and this falls just in the sweet spot, owned in 50% of ESPN leagues. So he just makes the cut here. And uh, he had a, I believe the, I double checked it before this, he had like a 36% increase from week two to week three here. So people obviously were already catching on that, you know, he's a, he's at least at the very least a good stream. And of course they were also playing Miami, although they do Miami having a decent secondary uh, for anyone who watched that game, or at least saw the highlights that ended up being a nail biter in Miami kind of proved that they could put up a fight. Uh, but uh, Carr had another week of 20-plus fantasy points, and shockingly enough, he's put up another uh, performance with at least 380 yards, which is pretty crazy. And he also lead, currently leads the league in uh, passing yards, uh, which could be another reason you know, to add someone like Barber or Kenyon Drake if uh, they're going to be splitting out wide and actually throwing to some of those backs. Um, but yeah, I, no reason why, I mean, if you had some quarterback trouble, Cars, you know, you could have grabbed him last week, and just like that, you might have a QB1 for the rest of the season. Uh, but at the very least, he should absolutely be rostered in every league. Even if, personally, I actually have him in a league where I have Dak as my QB1, and yeah, I'm probably never going to start Carr over Dak, but still, it's it took a week or two, no one grabbed him, and I didn't have a problem with scooping him up. Yeah, injuries happen, so... yep. Uh, I will, I'll stick with quarterback there. Cause uh, just like the person I talked about in our quick hits, Kirk cousins, uh, can't be ignored how well he's been playing. Uh, no matter if it's his supporting cast or him, doesn't matter. He's putting up the numbers, he's putting up the points. And if same thing with Carr, where even if you have a, a solid quarterback, it can't hurt you. To, you're not going to kill yourself by opening up a bench spot for a car or a cousins as in case of injury, or there's always bye weeks or, if both of those guys continue this streak, you could use them as trade bait. I mean, it's it's just a great, great person to add with how he's been playing and with his supporting cast with Justin Jefferson. You have Adam Thielen. You have Dalvin Cook when he's healthy. And then who's... Uh, uh, KJ Osborne? Yes. Yeah, that's yes. the, so the they, newer receiver, yep. Yeah, so they he has, he has all the weapons he needs to put up a QB1 season. And uh, I will be probably trying to add him. Oh, no. In our main league, Matt added him because he drafted Ryan Fitzpatrick as his QB1. Yep. Yeah, and he had Tua, so. <laughs> yeah. RIP, he's had a, he's had a tough uh, tough run at QB <laughs> so far. So, yeah, add, add Cousins and Carr. Yeah, I'll be switching it up again here. We're going to hop to uh, wide receiver. 
Uh, this one I was a little surprised by, I'm not going to lie. But Christian Kirk only owned in 22% of, uh, of, of ESPN leagues. And I know last week was, uh, we, like I said, we, we didn't post last one because it got a, little, got a little squirrely. But we mentioned Rondell Moore, as did many, many people. He made tons of people's uh, waiver ads uh, for having a pretty good week. Uh, but Christian Kirk uh, ended up being the, the winner this week in the Arizona offense. Uh, it's, it's kind of a mixed bag only because you don't know which guy is going to go off. They, of course, have Hopkins, so starting Kirk is a little bit sketchy because, you know, Hopkins is going to, you know, play the majority of the snaps. He's going to get a lot of the looks, but the bad news with Hopkins is he's normally getting good, uh, you know, better defenders and better cornerbacks uh, than someone like Kirk uh, will get. So it's kind of like a, a sneaky stash where people were more higher on, like, Rondell Moore last week and... I believe, even though we never posted that episode, I was—I definitely mentioned at one point that I was—I'd be more comfortable with Kirk uh, mm-hmm. than Moore because, I mean, they're both kind of not unproven, but Moore especially isn't. But at least Kirk has a bit of a resume to go off of, and they play in a pretty high-powered offense that is pretty focused on passing the ball. Uh, so if there was someone I'd prefer to have rest of season, it's absolutely Kirk. Uh, unfortunately, this week might not be the best to—you know, he's, like I said, I think he's a good stash. But they do play the Rams this week, so it's a pretty tough matchup, although I could see that also being a pretty high-scoring match. Uh, so he might be someone to still look out for as a potential flex pay, play, depending on your roster uh, and uh, you know some of the injuries throughout the, the week as we saw a few, few receivers go down as well. Yeah, well, I'll throw in uh, my last one is Emmanuel Sanders. I mean, he's somebody that you and I both looked at as a potential target in the draft. Uh, he went undrafted in our main league, but you've you've since picked him up, I believe. Yep. Yes, sir. And he, uh, I mean, he's putting he put up big numbers this Sunday. I mean, he's playing with a fantastic quarterback. He's he's a good wide receiver, and he's still been one the past few years. Just on some teams where I mean, he was on the Saints, where Michael Thomas gets a bunch of throws, and then. The season just kind of gets derailed, and then before that, he was on what the Broncos, yeah, and so. may have been another team in between. I don't even know. He's just getting tossed all around, but he's still a very solid player. And in that Bills offense with that very very solid passing attack, he's going to put up big numbers. I don't think he'll put up wide receiver one numbers like he like every week like he did this week. But I see him as a weekly flex play moving forward, and I think he's surpassed Cole Beasley on that team. And that's probably just because I hate Cole Beasley, but I I do like Emmanuel Sanders as a solid flex play moving forward. And before I pass it over to you for some defensive streams, Rick, got to throw out there about my boy Mike Williams. Not as a waiver wire ad because he's in about 90% of leagues, but I did see that he was only started in about 50% of leagues this past week. Very surprising. What what more do you guys got to see? What yeah. he put up twenty some points and another twenty points and then thirty three this week. Start the guy. He he deserves recognition. He he might have a bad week because every every wide receiver does. But he's a he's a must start moving forward. Yeah, I think as of as of last week that was. I mean, after week one, I, I grabbed him. Uh, there's another twelve man league I'm in as well that I was able to grab him. And I mean, I started him obviously this week. I started him last week. You know, he's just putting up 20-point games. I mean, that Chargers offense is pretty good. And like I mentioned uh, with the quick hits, um, you know, Herbert's fantasy numbers hadn't looked great. But overall, 
you know, he was still playing well, but the fantasy numbers weren't really there. But Allen and uh, and Williams had both been popping off with like 20 plus point games uh, fantasy wise. And I know Williams was seeing like a crazy amount, like 10 plus targets a game or something like that. Like it's just absolutely insane. So, yeah. All right, so I do have a few defenses like to stream. I don't know if uh, I forgot to mention to you, I, I do have a few tight ends that might just be some streaming options as well that I can uh, mention after this. But uh, if you like to stream a defense like I do, and whether you have a solid defense or not, you're looking uh, pretty much for a good matchup. And you got the Titans playing the Jets this week. Titans are only owned in 8% of leagues. Uh, you have the Bears playing the Lions, uh, although the Lions have kind of proved that they can score, so that might be a little bit sketchier, but the Bears' defense is still available in 14% of leagues, and I believe the Bears did lose Khalil Mack. Uh, I don't know the, I don't recall the extent of that injury, but I know that he, uh, he did leave that game early. Uh, and then I think one of the better plays this week, although it's a little... It's not the best. The Titans is probably your first ad playing the Jets, but I think the Bengals' defense only owned in 5%. They... Bengals obviously beat the Steelers, like we mentioned at the top of, of the episode there, but they, they kept the Steelers in check, and on top of that, they get to play the Jaguars, who lead the league in turnovers with nine through the first three games, and they just had four this past week against the Cardinals. So if you're looking for a defense, uh, the Bengals could be sneaky good and you know give you a nice 15 to 20-point performance, uh, although we did see the Jags put up a bit of a fight against the, the Cardinals but ultimately, uh, you know, they didn't really put a full game together. They put like a half together, if that. So look for Lawrence to be throwing a few more interceptions against uh, a decent Bengals defense. Yeah, those uh, all seem solid, like solid picks. I'm, I'm like you. I like to stream my defenses, so I will be probably using my waiver claims on one of those defenses. Yeah, I'm going to probably have to put a claim in on all three at this point because, <laughs> I mean, the matchups are too juicy. Anyone's yeah. going to look at that and say, oh, who's playing the Jets? Oh, okay, yeah, maybe I, I I got a roster slot open for, for the Titans defense. So, uh, And then I did only have, these are also some streaming options at tight end, and it's mostly because of some of the points you already mentioned with the Buffalo offense. If you're in, in desperate need for a tight end, Maybe look for someone like Dawson Knox with Allen kind of getting back onto uh, the pace that we expected. He ended up having a pretty good fantasy week. He's only owned in 4% of leagues. Uh, might be more of a spot start if you know if you, had, if you had bad luck or you have a pick that didn't work out. Like if you went with um, maybe like a Hunter Henry or John New Smith and you know they're not bad, but they're not doing great. Knox is a bit more of a, um, not long shot per se, but... You know, you're going to see some inconsistency, but because he's in such a high-powered offense, uh, that might be a decent add. And then uh, the only other one here is Austin Hooper with Jarvis Landry out and OBJ just coming back. Uh, Hooper, I think only had like 10 points this week, maybe a little bit under, but he's owned in less than 50% of the leagues. And with Landry out uh, and OBJ kind of working his way back in, that just opens up some uh, some targets for him as well. Yeah, all solid pickups. I... I, I might actually, now that you mention it, I might snag another tight end because not that I, <laughs> not that I'm worried about Hawkinson, but I mean a three point outing is always you know, going to be eye opening. Yeah. But hey, um, if you got a you got a slot for him, you know there's uh, some some deeper ads for you. Yeah, well, I think that pretty much covers week three and what we can look forward to in week four as far as waiver ads. 
Uh, just like last week, we'll we'll be back at you on Saturday morning with with some of our uh, our best picks for the week, our starts, our sits, and just what you can expect for the for the Sunday and Monday slate. Yeah, sounds good. Uh, the only other thing I'm gonna mention is, uh, yeah, like you said, we'll be back with another episode Saturday. In the meantime, though, if you'd like to follow us on Twitter at ft fantasy underscore. Throughout the week, we retweet and tweet our thoughts about a lot of uh, different matchups or injuries or fantasy news that it seemingly comes out this week. Uh, not as many injuries this week, but there are some bigger guys like uh, A.J. Brown, uh, both Sterling Shepard and Darius Slayton left the game early. James White mm-hmm. left the game early. Juju, same thing. Uh, there's just always news that you can keep up to date that we we try to make sure we're at least retweeting on to, uh, to uh, some uh, Twitter feeds, so... Check it out if you get a second.